This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, come right in. What's up? Welcome everybody back to another edition of Chairgating. I'm your host, Rattlesnake, or should I say Spooky Snake, because we are doing Spooktober episodes right now. That's right. I'm taking a pause on talking about NASCAR. Um, We'll see when I come back to talking about NASCAR. I guess whenever it piques my interest again. That's really what it comes down to. So this episode... What I'm going to do is continue to talk about scary movies because it is Halloween season, which is the entire month of October. It is one of the best holidays. Um, I don't know if I'd say the best holiday. I'd say, uh, you know, I'd probably have to go Christmas, obviously, and then Thanksgiving just because of all the great food. But in terms of movie holidays, I mean, this is this whole this holiday is essentially movies. You know, once you're not a child anymore, once you hit about like middle school, this holiday is just about movies, really. I guess if you're a parent, the holiday is about like taking care of your kids and shit. But you still gotta fit in some time to watch some good scary movies, no matter what age you are. You know, they have child scary movies, they have family scary movies. And then they have actual good scary movies. And that's what I'm going to be talking about. Because, like I said, the entire month of October is dedicated to horror. Horror movies specifically, you can't watch anything else. It's just against the rule, at least not in my household. So, I figured, you know, this podcast is a way for me to just talk about the shit I like to talk about. If you don't like what I'm talking about, you don't have to listen. If you don't listen, though, you're stupid. Last week I had Johnny Thomas on, and we just kind of discussed horror movies that we've been watching, horror TV shows, um, where to watch them, and last week I mentioned that going forward I was going to pick, 
you know, categories essentially of horror to discuss. I said maybe slasher movies, maybe monster movies. Um, and I came to the conclusion simply based on what I wanted to watch over the week and what I've been watching this month. I came to the conclusion that I'm going to discuss this week possession movies. Um, I try to limit it to demonic possession movies because, you know, there's a whole realm of like, what is possession, right? And we can go down this rabbit hole. And then the next thing you know, I have to include like every single fucking horror movie ever made. I'm not going to do that. I try to stick to demonic possession movies. Uh, I think, you know, there's a few that kind of veer outside it a little bit, but that's, that's really where I'm, I'm keeping it. And, you know, when I, when I talk about demonic possession horror movies, I mean, I, I think the main ones that will come to people's heads will be, uh, The Exorcist, obviously. The Exorcist is, you know, The Exorcist is like the godfather of horror movies. I just said this on Twitter the other day. I thought that was a really good way to describe it. When you're talking horror movies, The Exorcist is the godfather or the Shawshank Redemption. I mean, it is the epitome of horror. Regardless of what you think, if it's the best horror movie ever made, if it's the scariest horror movie ever made, you know, let's just be honest. It's an old movie in terms of like pure scare factors. It's not going to hold up to what we have nowadays. But, you know, you can't hold it against it. They did what they did at the time, and it was revolutionary. And so when we're talking demonic possessions, that is the number one movie you have to look at. I'm not going to discuss The Exorcist. I'm not going to discuss Amityville Horror. I'm not going to discuss The Evil Dead. I'm not going to discuss Insidious or Conjuring. Because, you know, those are very popular, well-known, demonic possession movies. And, by the way, I love every single one of those movies I just listed. Love every single one of those movies. They're, honestly, I would say some of my favorite horror movies ever made, I just listed right there. The Exorcist, Amityville Horror, Evil Dead, Insidious Conjuring. I mean, those are great movies. If you haven't seen any of those movies on that list, I mean, stop what you're doing right now and go watch one of those movies because they're incredible. I'm not going to discuss them. I'm, I'm going to try to discuss movies that I think maybe aren't as popular or didn't get maybe the credit that they deserved at the time that I just really enjoy and I would highly recommend you checking out. Also, I'm not going to discuss... Uh, Poltergeist or Rosemary's Baby. I've seen that on a few lists for, you know, best possession movies. And I just, honestly, I don't consider those possession movies. And this is what I was talking about earlier when I was like, I'm trying to stick specifically to just demonic possession. Because number one, Rosemary's Baby. I guess in a way there's a demonic possession, but it's inside her womb, right? Like she's not possessed by a demon. She's impregnated by, I mean, I guess, what, Satan, or some kind of demon, by a satanic cult, um, that's not really what I'm talking about, you know, if she was possessed, and then they performed an exorcism, and it passed it on to her, uh, her infant in her womb, then I would include it, that would count, but I don't really consider it, uh, so much of a possession movie as much as it is a satanic cult movie, uh, almost more like hereditary. Obviously, there is a, a terrifying possession scene in Hereditary at the very end. But at the end of the day, do I really like 
put it in the camp of possession movies. I don't know. It's kind of on the fringe for me. I think it would be more, like I said, a satanic cult movie. And there's that's a whole other genre, which, which are fucking great. I love every genre of horror. Um, I even love, you know, found footage horror. Or, you know, some of them. Obviously, there's a lot more shitty ones in that genre, but I like pretty much every genre of horror. Also, like I said, I'm not including the poltergeist because, I mean, their house is possessed, I guess, but... In that sense, you know, is every haunted house movie a possession movie? Maybe. I don't know. I just, I would say The Poltergeist is more of a haunted house movie. And it's incredible, legendary, it's a classic, but not included in my list. So, what I'm doing is I'm breaking down my list into, I guess, like, subgenres of the subgenre of horror. So, it would be like, horror is the genre possession movies is the subgenre and then I'm breaking it down even further why because I'm a psychopath and this is just how much horror I watch so we'll start out with just you know your classic horror possession movies the movies about some kind of possession um, usually includes an exorcism I guess the the archetype for this would be the exorcist that's just your classic possession movie um, I just rewatched The Possession. I saw it when it first came out in 2012 in theaters. I remember seeing it, and, you know, this is 2012, so I was, what, like 20 at the time? Something like that. And I remember thinking, yeah, this is an okay movie. It's all right. You know, it's hit or miss. It, it, I guess it was worth the money to go to the theaters. I rewatched it because it's on Amazon Prime right now. If you want to check it out, that's where you can check it out. Rewatched it, and, you know, not going to lie, the first half of it is a lot of buildup, a lot of exposition. Um, they try to do character building, and some of it works. The stepfather character just means nothing. It, it, he was a pointless character in the movie. Um... I get it. The the sister is an angsty teen sister, and the the younger sister is supposed to be the good one. Um, there, the parents are going through a divorce. The mother character was kind of annoying, but I really did kind of feel for the father character, the main character of this movie, which was the same actor that played the comedian from The Watchmen. If you ever saw that movie. Um, he was on, like, Grey's Anatomy. He was that dude with the bat in The Walking Dead. Uh, really good actor, honestly. Probably deserves m more bigger roles. Uh, he, he actually played a really good character in this. He's a father that's going through divorce. He's also a basketball coach, and he's working on, you know, trying to land a bigger position. They just say down in North Carolina. Um, so, you know, he's working, trying to advance his career, all the while dealing with the divorce with a ex-wife who's essentially moving on, getting remarried to some kind of sleazy guy, and all the while he's trying to keep up his relationship with his two daughters who seem to be pulling further and further away from him. So that's the story. That's the buildup. And then the youngest daughter finds a box that, of course, uh, holds some demon that she opens and it possesses her, right? We, we've heard this kind of story before, but that's why it's a classic possession horror. 
Something this movie did a little different that I, I can't remember if I've ever seen before. Instead of using a priest for the exorcism, which is, you know, kind of the go-to standard for possession movies for obvious reasons, uh, they use uh, Orthodox Jews, or I guess to be more specific, Hasidic Jews uh, out in Brooklyn. The person that performs this exorcism, the Hasidic Jew that performs this exorcism on this child is none other than rapper, I guess reggae rapper, beatboxer, whatever you'd call him, Maris Yahoo, if you remember that guy. What's this feeling, my love will get the hole in the ceiling, I give myself to you now from the essence of my being and I sing to my God. That guy. By the way, side note about Maris Yahoo, you know, besides the things that I've read about him online where he was commenting on people that were kind of criticizing his shows because one in particular, I remember, I can't remember when this was, but uh, it was in Houston and apparently it was a really bad show that he put on and, you know, he multiple times said he was in Dallas, seemed to just not care, stood around, so a lot of people were kind of criticizing him for this online and he was responding to people very, with a lot of hatred, you know, he told one woman that she had an ugly child. <laughs> and I mean, so besides the things that I've read about him online, I know someone personally that uh, has set up shows for him um, and said he really is a piece of shit. So has nothing to do with this movie. I just thought I would mention that. Montesio, who confirmed piece of shit. So he's in this movie. Um, and, you know, it plays the possession pretty well a uh, pretty good exorcism scene in the hospital uh, overall i would say it's a fairly entertaining movie if you're just looking for um a possession horror movie to check out like i said it's on amazon prime if you have a significant other like mine she's not totally against horror movies she definitely does not like them she's more of a disney uh, princess movie <laughs> watcher and no, I'm not married to a child, although it does sound like it based on that description. No, she's just not a big fan of things that, you know, scare her or whatnot. But w when I can convince her to watch them, it has to be, you know, a relatively new movie. She just does not like old movies, which is kind of frustrating for me. But I also understand some people just truly don't like them. I think people that aren't big movie buffs uh, see old movies and just see it as dated things. Right? It's like they wouldn't want to use old technology because it's just dated. They're, they have no interest in it. So I think people that aren't huge movie buffs kind of view old movies like that. And so I understand where they're coming from. So like I said, this one was from 2012. If you want to watch, if you are that type of person or your, your significant other is that type of person that doesn't want to watch classics and older, really fucking good movies... You could put this one on from 2012, The Possession on Amazon Prime, next in the classic Possession sub-sub-genre uh, is Ouija Origin of Evil. It's on Amazon Prime. I think you have to pay for it, unfortunately, to rent it right now, and I tried not to include too many that you, you have to rent, but this one I needed to mention um, because it's, it's just so fucking good. I'll just put it that way. If you're looking for a possession movie to watch and you haven't seen this one yet, watch this one. It's it's a really good movie. The funny thing is, uh, Ouija 
the original one that came out, I can't remember when, a few years before, Ouija Origin of Evil was 2016, so the original would have come out like a year or two before that. Terrible movie. It's so bad. And I just had a poll on my Twitter. It's at Chairgaten. I'm putting up a lot of cool uh, horror movie polls right now. Uh, and the question was, what's the best horror sequel? And this was on it. And I don't. I think it has zero votes as of right now, which is so sad because in terms of best sequel, I think this is the best horror sequel ever made. Um, when we're talking one and two, I'm not talking about threes, fours, fives, you know, I get those are all sequels. I'm talking about like the second edition in the franchise. This is the best one ever made. One, because the movie's just a really good movie. Well-rounded, good quality, pure horror, scary movie. Um, but more importantly, it's just insane how bad the first one was and how good this one was. Um, so highly recommend checking out Ouija Origin of Evil. But... I also wanted to, for a second, talk about the director of this 2016 Ouija, Origin of Evil, Mike Flanagan. Now, you may have heard about him. You may have not. Um, I think he is the best horror director working today. And I say that with full sincerity. Um, another movie that I was going to bring up, you know, because it's kind of a somewhat of a possession movie, you know, I'm, I'm stretching, I'm stretching my own boundaries when I say that, but really it's just an excuse to talk about Mike Flanagan, um, his first big movie I ever saw, and I think he's made some, you know, other things before that, some TV shows, some shorts, uh, was called Oculus from 2013, so Oculus was a movie based on essentially just a haunted mirror, which, you know, in itself doesn't sound very good. It's about these two siblings that have a tragedy that they live through as children. And the son, I believe it was a mental institution or prison, something. He gets out, and to his surprise, his sister finds and purchases the mirror that they grew up with in their home, that they believed as children to be the source of the evil that was kind of plaguing their family, that they had to deal with as children. Now, he has since, you know, gone through all this therapy and um, overcome that and been like, no, we just used that as a symbol to represent all the evil that was going on inside this house when really we just need to confront the fact that we, you know, are, are, we had a terrible father and a bad family. But the sister's like, no, they just brainwashed you. You've forgotten. Like, this was real. And we need to we need to solve this now. And so the movie kind of jumps back and forth between them as children. And then just one setting, like the rest of the entire movie, inside the house of them sitting, like, in the house around this mirror, talking about their childhood and reliving this trauma all the while this mirror is there and you're not sure if it really is, you know, what's possessing this evil inside this house or if it really is just them having to confront their own trauma that they lived through. And it's a really good movie. I mean, <laughs> it, it blew me away. And that was the first thing I ever saw from Mike Flanagan and I was intrigued. And then he came out with Hush. It was also, I thought, a really good movie. Somebody just in my Twitter comments um, from Belly of Sports, 
said he found it boring. I disagree. I thought it was a really cool original concept for a horror movie that was about a deaf woman. That's essentially, um, there's a man outside her home trying to get in and murder her, and she's deaf. So it really adds this eerie um, suspense aspect to the movie of this man who could be right behind her, you know, making noise, like doing, grabbing things, walking around, and she has no idea because she's deaf. Um, I thought it was a really good movie. And then he had Ouija Origin of Evil, which I just mentioned. Gerald's Game, which was on Netflix. Uh, you know, just a really, really dark movie. I really enjoyed Gerald's Game. Then he came out with the show on Netflix, The Haunting of Hill House, which, I mean, I feel like everybody's watched now. Uh, very good movie. Then Dr. Sleep. And honestly, Dr. Sleep was incredible and very underrated. I feel like nobody really talked about it when it was in theaters. Very good movie. Very good follow-up to The Shining. And he did it really tastefully, where where he could have just kind of shit all over The Shining, like most people do with horror sequels, but he did it very tastefully. It wasn't just pure horror. It was, it was a, a, just a good movie. So, recommend that one. And now he's done The Haunting of Bly Manor. So, I guess to sum it up, what I'm trying to say is Mike Flanagan, by far the best horror writer and director currently working. The dude is a legend. And so, anything you see with his name next to it, highly recommend checking out. Moving on down our list of classic horror possessions, Amityville Horror 2, The Possession. Right? It's in the fucking name. I have to bring it up. So... I bring this one up. I said I wouldn't talk about Amityville Horror because it's a trope. Everybody talks about that when it comes to haunted houses, possessions, stuff like that. Amityville Horror 2 is, I think, widely considered kind of a failure. A lot of people didn't like it. Amityville Horror is considered a classic. Everyone loves it. Amityville Horror 2, The Possession, uh, for whatever reason, is kind of considered a flop. It has bad reviews from a lot of people. People think it was a bad sequel in my opinion and this is probably an absurd opinion that a lot of people will disagree with in my opinion Amityville Horror 2 is not only scary much scarier than Amityville Horror the original I might I would go as far to say as it's better it is a better movie in my opinion but unlike Amityville Horror which is a fairly tame movie if you go back and watch it. Amityville Horror 2 does not hold back. I mean, it is it's it's a gruesome just dark twisted movie. You can essentially assume that it is the prequel to Amityville Horror because it's based on first of all it's based on the book that is the prequel. And if you've seen Amityville Horror, you know that the family moves into a house that they're, you know, was was someone that murdered his entire family and claimed to be possessed, which is a true story. This is about that story, and it is dark. It is from an Italian director, and if you know anything about uh, Italian movies, you know they are fucked up. Italian horror movies are fucked up, um, especially back in the day. They were really fucked up. I mean... If you like movies like, you know, Suspiria, I would say is probably the biggest one. Demons was a, a pretty big one. I mean, if you're really 
Inferno was good, but if you're really fucked up, you could consider uh, Cannibal Holocaust. That was considered the most like fucked up movie ever made. It's, I think, still banned in a lot of countries. So, yeah, that's Italian horror film directors. I mean, that's the type of shit that they put together. And Amityville Horror 2 shows that in the sense that it, get, it gets dark. I mean, it gets like... The whole movie essentially is about... A f- abusive father and I mean full on abusive and they show it you know him taking off his belt and just beating the shit out of these two young children and it's it's dark uh, incest between two teenage siblings shows the incest <laughs> you know full on shows incest and then to top it all off um, a murder spree scene where it shows him murdering not just his family but his young siblings, I mean, very young uh, brother and sister with a hunting rifle. You know, that's the level of dark shit that I'm talking about. And it works here. I mean, if if you're more of a sensitive type person, maybe don't watch this one. But I, I thought it worked. And I thought the, uh, the actor that played the main character, the brother character, Sonny, uh, did an incredible job. Maybe the best job I've ever seen of someone playing a person possessed by a demon. But I don't know, like, there there was definitely scenes with makeup, but there was a lot of scenes with no makeup. They obviously put you know water on his face to look sweaty, but just his demeanor and evil smile was terrifying. So, you know, body horror alone, like, they didn't even need the prosthetics and the makeup. Uh, it was a terrifying movie, and if you like Amityville Horror, you like that style, and you haven't seen Amityville Horror 2, maybe because people have said it's not good. I'm looking at it right now. It has a 5.5 star rating on IMDb. I mean, that's a joke. This movie is so good. Definitely give it a watch if you want a possession movie. Not only that, if you want to see someone possessed by a demon and go on a murderous rampage, killing his entire family with a hunting rifle, uh, this is the movie for you. Moving on to my next sub-subgenre, maybe my favorite sub-subgenre. I'm going to keep saying that, by the way. Maybe my favorite sub-subgenre of this subgenre uh, is crime possessions. And, you know, crime or legal possessions. And these are essentially movies that are from the perspective of an outsider who might not necessarily have beliefs or maybe they're conflicted with their religious beliefs. So it's always an outsider looking in on a situation that has to investigate a situation. And I like it because it really, it's not so much about the horrors of the demonic possessions. These movies are usually more about Um, the main character having to confront their own belief systems and, and, you know, what they're dealing with through this evil. So first and foremost, if we're talking pure horror sequels, um, including anything from the franchise, it doesn't just have to be number two. Uh, The Exorcist 3 might top the list of best horror franchise sequels. Um, I feel like not enough people talk about it, probably because The Exorcist 2 was such a flop. And no doubt, it wasn't good. But The Exorcist 3, 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Grace, and I'm an indie vet. I'm also home from work at 6 and already transformed into a princess. Mommy, put on your crown. That's because I've got complete control of my schedule, plenty of shifts that fit my life, and a team like no other. It's a whole new way to vet. Indie Vets. Is so good, and there's a few reasons why. Number one, it brings back the author of the books, The Exorcist. So he wrote The Exorcist, and he wrote The Exorcist 3. And rather than just being a writer like he was in The Exorcist, he was the director in The Exorcist 3. So his image, the author that created this story of The Exorcist, his image comes to life truly in The Exorcist 3. Now, he had no part, in my, to my understanding, he had no part in The Exorcist 2, which <laughs> makes sense for why it was so bad. But The Exorcist 3 takes this demonic possession route totally different. It, it focuses on a detective. A detective that's retiring, you know, he's older, hard-nosed guy, staunch in his beliefs already, and he's having to investigate these crimes that are being committed by someone who, you know, possibly is possessed by a demon. And of course, as a detective, there's no way he's going to believe that. But then through the movie, he has to be confronted with the realization that he might be wrong in his beliefs. So it's not, you know, head twisting around, vomit, you know, your mother sucks cocks in hell. It's not so much that stuff. It's more of this detective having to confront his own issues. And don't get me wrong, there are some scary scenes, you know, the character's eyes change to yellow or whatever like they do for The Exorcist. Not to mention one of the scariest scenes probably, in my opinion, of any horror movie is in the hospital. Somebody that follows a nurse. If you watch the movie, you'll understand once you see it. But it's a very underrated movie in general. You know, besides the fact that it's a very underrated possession movie, uh, it might be the best one on this entire list, to be completely honest with you. It's from uh, 1990. So it's not too crazy old, but if you're the type of person that doesn't like older movies, it is, you know, it, it's a bit aged. But like I said, I mean, that's like how old I am, so fuck. <laughs> I guess I'm like fine wine. I'm a bit aged as well. That one right now is on Shudder. And by the way, if you don't have Shudder, I highly recommend it. I wish I was sponsored by them and I could give you like some discount code right now, like, you know, good podcasts have. I'm not. This is just a pure personal recommendation. If you like horror movies, definitely check out Shudder. They have a great selection of classic horrors. Uh, new horrors, as well as original content that they're making themselves. Uh, They've made some really good movies like Mayhem. It was a lot of fun. And they're making their own TV series as well. It's all horror. Uh, I think it's owned by AMC, so you know there's legit backing behind it. It's been around for a few years now. Definitely recommend checking that out. Exorcist 3 on Shudder. Next on this crime possession list is Fallen, and this is a bit of an older one. And once again, like pretty much every other crime possession movie, it is about a cop having to deal with these crimes 
and he quickly is learning that these crimes are committed by a demon. Now, the police officer is played by Denzel Washington, so you're welcome. It's not so much a horror. This is more of like a straight crime, which I thought was really cool. Because you're going to take a, a good crime movie and add a demonic twist to it? I mean, that's that's how you do it. Um, very good movie if you haven't seen it. It's on Hulu. Really cool uh, concept for the demon as well. Is uh, And, you know, there are going to be some spoilers in this. I'm not going to give you everything about every movie, but... Now, if you're, if you're the type of person like my brother who, if you even say an actor that's in the fucking movie, he'll lose his mind and say, why'd you ruin it? Just, there's going to be like slight spoilers. Sorry. Um, I'm probably too late to tell you that. I've probably already said some shit. But yeah, no, cool concept in Fallen 4, the, the demon character is that he can transfer from person to person based on touch. So the second Denzel thinks, you know, he might be cornering this guy, uh, he'll just touch someone else and the possession moves to that next body. And so this person that has committed all these crimes because they're possessed has no knowledge of it, has no idea what they're talking about because they're no longer possessed. And while using this, I guess, technique, there's a really cool scene where you, <laughs> this demon sings this song so you know that he's around and... He's touching everyone kind of like around Denzel at once. And so there's this whole, you know, group of just bystanders all singing this song because they're currently all possessed by this demon at once. A uh, really cool scene, so highly recommend checking that out if you like these crime possession movies. That one is on Hulu. Next up is The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I remember seeing this back when I was in like middle school at some party you know in somebody's basement they rented this on dvd and i remember being disappointed as a child or you know middle school whatever you call that preteen, because it wasn't the horror i was expecting i was expecting like outrageous jump scares and just you know head spinning and vomiting and it wasn't that at all it was a legal drama i mean that's what this movie was was a legal drama the whole thing is about a priest that goes too far with a exorcism and the girl, Emily Rose, ends up dying. If you've ever seen Dexter, the TV show, it's played by Deborah Morgan, his sister. And yeah, the possession goes bad and she dies. And so this entire movie really, you know, they'll do flashbacks of the possession and they don't throw in so much, you know, supernatural stuff to where you're kind of like, I don't know, was this real? Like, both sides of the case make, you know, good arguments for why she was actually just sick and paranoid, and the priest performed an exorcism that killed her. And then there's also the argument where, no, she was possessed, and the demon just was too strong and holding on too tightly, and that's why she died. And this priest is on trial for it. And it's a really cool way to show possession from a legal standpoint because this father, this priest, is having to essentially convince a jury and a judge and these uh, attorneys who seemingly don't, you know, maybe not necessarily don't have belief. Some of them don't. Uh, others just don't believe him or they don't have belief in demonic possession and how do you convince someone of that when you know it's true? 
So it was a very cool kind of way to show demonic possession in a movie. Highly recommend that one. And that is currently on Hulu. And last but not least on my crime possession sub-subgenre is Deliver Us From Evil. Uh, it's currently on Amazon Prime. Now, Deliver Us From Evil is not a popular movie. It's got the uh, the main character from Community. I forgot that guy's name. Uh, some other pretty good actors. And it's not considered good by critics. Maybe this is a guilty pleasure for me. I guess that's what they refer to that as. Uh, I don't I don't consider myself guilty for having pleasure in this movie, though. I just genuinely like it, and I don't care if other people don't. It's cliche, yes. It, you know, it has every cliche aspect of a cop movie. It has every cliche aspect of a jump scare movie, and it has every cliche aspect of a possession movie. And I don't give a damn. I thought it was cool. I remember seeing it in theaters, and I thought it was cool then. I rewatched it recently, and I was like, you know what? I still think it's cool. Is it the best movie ever? No. Not even fucking close. Is it a good movie? Yeah. It's a... I mean, maybe not. But it's an enjoyable movie. I'll put it that way. It's an enjoyable movie. It's about a detective... Once again, crime possession. It's about a detective that is having to solve uh, these murders in New York City. Which I thought was a cool backdrop for the movie as well. And his partner, who was the guy from Community, we all know who I'm talking about, I just can't remember the guy's fucking name. The one that is a better looking Ryan Seacrest. He's better looking than the guy that's famous for being good looking. Only people that religiously watch Community, like I did, will understand that reference. But, they have to solve these murders, and they're starting to, I guess, have to be confronted with the fact that The person that's committing these murders might be possessed by a demon. So is it cliche? Yeah. But you know what? There's action. There's jump scares. There's possessions. There's exorcisms. The guy from Community has a knife fight with the possessed, the demonic possessed murderer. I mean, that's badass. I guess the same goes for like Blade Trinity. People fucking hate that movie. I love that movie. I could care less what people think about it. Ryan Reynolds was hilarious in it way besides the point but my point is i enjoy this movie and if you like kind of just like mindless entertainment and you're looking for um it's not like a horror movie but it, it's definitely has scares this is a good route to go you'll enjoy it i think i enjoyed it fuck the critics enjoy it deliver us from evil on amazon prime moving on to the next sub sub genre is found footage possession horror and this i uh, referenced earlier at the beginning of this podcast about found footage is the most shit on genre of horror there is you know people hate it for whatever reason some people enjoy it and there's been some good movies like the Blair Witch obviously that kind of sparked the movement and say what you want about paranormal activity I get that they use a lot of jump scares but it I thought paranormal activity was a good movie it was creative um, and it was a good way to make a low-budget film make a shit ton of money. I mean, that movie alone pretty much created Blumhouse. I think it was, like, Blumhouse's third movie maybe ever, and they, you know, invested what little money they needed to make that movie, and I think it's, in, in, mar- in terms of, like, margins or some shit like that, it's, like, the highest-grossing movie ever because of how cheap it was to make and how much money they made back. And because of that movie, essentially, um, 
Jason Blum, who's done a lot for the horror genre, by the way. People shit on him. Um, he's done incredible things for the horror genre in the modern era. But because of that, he was able to take all that earning and really just have Blumhouse take off and do as much as they've done in the modern era to horror movies. So I'm not including paranormal activity in this, uh, not because it's not, you know, like a possession movie. It, it clearly is, obviously, if you've seen the movie at the end, but because everyone knows it already. So I don't care. I like a few found footage movies and one of them is on Hulu and it's called The Last Exorcism. And this movie was once again when I first saw it, I remember being a little disappointed because I guess I went in with a different mindset for what I thought it was gonna be. But it was really good. It's essentially a mockumentary <laughs> in a way. Uh it's filmed like a documentary, and they're following a pastor who uh is famous for performing exorcisms. He's one of those guys that gets up on stage like a Joel Steen and, uh, you know, is loud and preaches and like that's how he makes his living. But because of an incident that happened with his son almost dying, he's since lost his faith and he only continues to do this as a source of income. So he hires a documentary crew to essentially go along with him to just show how exorcisms are actually fake. And how he himself fakes them to make money off people. And it's an interesting concept because um, you could say he's villainous, but he truly doesn't believe he is. He truly thinks he's helping people, number one. And number two is just a source of income to pay for like his son's medical stuff. Like, So it's, a, it's conflicting because he's almost villainous uh, because he seems sleazy and like he's scamming people. But the way he describes it is... He's helping people that are looking for help. They believe it. So if he just kind of plays along, what harm does it do? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. And it's played by the same guy that plays the partner in the law firm from Better Call Saul. And he plays this role very well. And the possible possession, have him rethink his faith in God. Because while he goes in thinking he's setting up uh, a fake exorcism, uh, it starts to become kind of weird. And he's conflicted because he's not really sure what's going on. They think maybe there's incest um, the, the girl's pregnant, things like that. So maybe she's just acting out and a lot of critics, um, 
hate the ending of this movie. And I'm going to spoil it for you. So if you if you don't want this movie to be spoiled, skip ahead, let's say, like 30 seconds. 30 seconds to a minute. Skip ahead. So the ending is she was never, I guess, actually possessed. But all these weird things were happening because the town has a satanic cult or demonic cult in it that's using her as a vessel to birth a demon. And so a lot of critics hate this. I actually really liked this ending. And it's not because, you know, we finally get to see a demon. Um, I liked it because the documentary crew is begging this pastor to leave. They're like, we gotta get the fuck out of here. They're gonna kill us. We, they just saw a demon get birthed out of this teenage girl and then thrown into a pit of fire just to become like an even bigger demon. I mean, I would get the fuck out of there. But he doesn't. And this is what I love about the ending. You actually don't see what happens to him. Instead, he walks towards it and starts essentially performing his exorcism, saying, you know, Satan, you will not take this young girl's soul, like holding up his Bible and walking towards the group from the woods, um, essentially trying to still perform this exorcism. And I thought it was such an incredible ending because he had to come to the realization that He's been wrong and that possessions are real and what he was doing, exorcisms are real. But when he lost faith, he became a fraud. And in that instant, his faith came back to him and he decided to risk everything, risk his entire life to walk out into that group of satanic cult to try to save that uh, innocent girl's soul. Um, and, And so his faith was brought back and he became a champion again of exorcisms. And I thought that was such a good ending. I understand why people don't like it. They liked the concept of what she possessed, wasn't she? Or maybe she wasn't possessed at all, but he was conflicted with his beliefs for a little bit. I get that. I thought this ending was very powerful. And, you know, if you didn't like it, that's fine. Anyway, check it out. The Last Exorcism on Hulu. Next up was The Taking of Deborah logan this was on shutter i think it's also on amazon prime it was a uh, pretty good it was, it was a pretty good found footage possession film it, it was kind of funny though because while i was watching it all i could think was this is essentially just an amalgamation of every other like found footage horror movie i've ever seen and that's not to say i you know i hated it because of this reason i'm not saying that it's just I found it kind of funny. You know, it starts out exactly like The Visit, um, that M. Night Shyamalan mistake of a movie. Uh, it starts out a lot like The Visit, where, you know, it's a sweet old lady at the house doing kind of, you know, increasingly creepy things around the camera when no one's paying attention. And then it goes straight into paranormal activity mode, where, you know, they have the the setup cameras and it's at night in black and white and shit starts to happen around um straight paranormal activity and then it ends as the Blair Witch Project where they literally go into a basement where all the lights are off and have to turn on like the camera lights and she is turned facing the wall I mean pure Blair Witch Project um I just found it kind of funny If you're looking for a found footage possession film 
you might not have seen this one, and it's entertaining enough. It's not too long. It gets straight to the point, and it's entertaining. It's not the best movie. It's not the worst movie. It's entertaining. Give it a watch. On to sci-fi possession movies of our sub-subgenre. This one, very short, and just a few I wanted to mention. Event Horizon on Prime. When this movie came out, it was advertised as, like, the most gruesome, gory movie ever. Like, this was it. Uh, it's essentially Hellraiser on a spaceship. I mean, that's the best way to put it. It's not as gory and gruesome as they advertised, but it's definitely gory and gruesome. If that's not your thing, don't watch this movie. It's essentially about a spaceship that goes into a black hole or some kind of portal, but it takes something with it, and... You know, you can infer that um, the spaceship has entered an alternate dimension or alternate universe, but that dimension or universe was hell. And so it, it, while they went through this, they picked up some kind of demon that's possessing people on this ship and having people have visions of hell and just horrible demonic torture, sadism. I mean, really nasty stuff. And... I found out the reason it's not as aggressive and gory as it was originally advertised is because uh, I believe from what I was reading was it was actually was. And then when whatever the studio was saw it was like, oh, well, <laughs> we can't put that out. So they had to cut a lot of it out. And so it feels a little hollow when you watch it, but the atmosphere is really good. It's really dark. It's almost like alien. You know, it's a very isolated feeling because they're in the, in a spaceship and there is something haunting this spaceship. So it's a cool little mixture of haunted house meets demonic possession meets Hellraiser meets alien. Uh, if that sounds like something you're interested in, it's on Amazon Prime. And I would say it's, if you're a horror fan, it's definitely one you need to check out. If you're a sci-fi fan, if you're a horror fan, if you're a sci-fi horror fan and you haven't seen it, then you're actually not a sci-fi horror fan. I would say considered a cult classic by many. Next on this sci-fi possession list is one I think is going to be a little controversial because I don't think other people would consider it sci-fi horror, but I don't really care. I do consider it a sci-fi horror, and that is Prince of Darkness by John Carpenter, the legendary John Carpenter, uh, one of the greatest horror film directors of all time. Uh, if not the greatest, I'm sure a lot of people consider him the greatest. Prince of Darkness... I thought it was sci-fi because a group of grad students from a college have to go with their professor over the weekend, go to a, the archdiocese, the, a church in the city, and look at some anomalies going on. And this is why I say it's sci-fi, because there, there's some shit in it that like I didn't really understand. There's like this big thing of goo, and that is the demon... And they're having to track it with their technology, which is why I felt it was kind of sci-fi. They try to somewhat explain scientifically this, like, possession. And what happens is it just turns into all these hobos surrounding the church, these homeless people that are clearly possessed by this demon, uh, trying to kill them, trying to get in, possess them, or kill them. And so they're barricaded in this church for the weekend. And it almost becomes like a survival movie but the reason it's a possession movie is because there are characters demonically possessed within the church with them 
Uh, if you're a big John Carpenter fan, I'm guessing you've already seen this movie. If you haven't, definitely check it out. It's on Shudder. It's a good watch. Wrapping this up for my horror possession sub-sub-genres, I'm going to talk about just two quick TV shows that have to do with possession. If you're looking for a TV show, a series to watch, rather than just a movie, I have two good options for you, to be quite honest. Number one is The Exorcist. This show premiered on Fox, started in 2016, and for whatever reason never garnished much popularity, much notoriety, and so I think they only had two seasons and then called it quits. But to be quite honest, I actually enjoyed this TV show. It was good. Uh, there was definitely some scary scenes. There was a lot of not scary scenes, but that's what you need in a series. You need to build up the characters. You need to build up the story, and it is uh, a sequel of the original The Exorcist, the first Exorcist. Uh, it's a continuation, but in the modern era. So I thought it was actually pretty good. Not a lot of people watched it, but it had a good cast. Check it out if you like possession things and you're looking for a series. Uh, it's on Hulu. Next is Evil on Netflix. This has only had one season so far, and I just finished it, and it was a really good show. I think it aired originally on CBS or one of those networks, and from my understanding, they're about to start filming for season two. So I think through the popularity of Netflix, because it's been like trending on Netflix for like all of October, uh, that probably helped greenlight it because I think they just fairly recently announced that they're going to start filming for season two once this COVID stuff is over. But it kind of falls more along the lines of the the crime possession style of like a sub-sub genre. It really falls in line with the X-Files. If you're a fan of the X-Files, I think you're going to like this. It's based on the main character who is a doctor of psychology. And, and so what she does is um, she will testify as an expert witness um, uh, on trials to determine if someone is mentally sane or not. And she gets recruited by a man, the guy, the same guy that plays Cage in that Netflix TV show. He's training to become a priest. And what he does is he, along with his partner, who's kind of the tech guy or like the handyman, they go and investigate possible demonic possessions uh, before the Catholic Church decides if they need to go in and perform an exorcism. So it's pretty interesting. It's really not a show necessarily about the exorcisms themselves. It's about the team that has to investigate to determine if it's real or not. And about half the time, it's not real. It's kind of interesting. It's like the X-Files in that way. So every episode is kind of a standalone episode with a new investigation that they have to look into. And then there's one continual villain in the back. It's kind of like the, the man that smokes the cigarette or whatever he was called in the X-Files. They have that for this, who's like a demon that's, you know, fucking with their lives. But every episode's different. Right? They have a new case each episode that they have to go investigate to see if this you know, child or this adult uh, is in fact possessed by a demon or if they're making it up or if they're crazy. And it's kind of interesting. I actually really liked the concept. It's almost like a detective show mixed with the X-Files, mixed with the Exorcist. <laughs> if that sounds like something you're interested in, check that one out. It's on Netflix. I hope this was helpful for your spooktober season of things to watch if you're like me and you're looking for good whores. 
If you're also like me, um, I'm always looking for good horror. So hit me up on Twitter. I'm usually pretty active on that. It's at Chairgate. And hit me up with any kind of recommendations that you may or may not have. Uh, maybe it's horror movies I should avoid that you watched and it was god-awful. Let me know on Twitter. I'm interested. I'm all ears. And I'll come back next week with another genre, subgenre of horror to discuss. Maybe I'll have somebody else on. Maybe I'll find an expert in horror films. We'll see. Uh, if you enjoyed this, listen up for next week. And thanks. Peace. He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. He did the match. It caught on in a flash. He did the match. He did the monster match. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.